Hey, good morning. Welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today we have a very special guest joining us all the way from Seoul, South Korea, the one and only Michelle Baxter. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to Breakthrough Walls. Like I said, I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host, Glenn Caldwell. Welcome, brother. How you doing, man? Thank you to everybody who's on here. To anyone who shares this out, you're going to love this woman's story. I literally just met her virtually for the first time. We've been friends on Facebook for a minute, but she is absolutely, I just, I, I feel her energy. I love it, love it, love it. So I want to welcome my friend Michelle Baxter to the show. Hey. Michelle, welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> That's the Arsenio Hall for anybody. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> knows Arsenio anymore. You got to be old to know. I, although I feel like I'm younger than you, but that's another story. All right, all right. We're in the same. You are younger than me. I'm old as dirt. Maybe. I'm two days older than dirt. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, so, Michelle, you are in, and I just found this out this morning. Huh. That you're in that's Seoul, right. South Korea. That's right. Come on. Man. Yeah. Soul Why does South that surprise Korea? you? I don't know. It just shocked me. <laughs> I mean, with that New York accent, you probably fit right in. You you can hear it? Really? Because I thought I lost it. No, it's not that thick. It's not. I mean, I obviously I've heard way thicker accents. I'm from Manhattan. So Are you really? Not, yeah. Born and raised. Upper West Side. I got, I, I got to tell you. Can I tell you a story? Yeah. So yeah. I've flown into JFK and I've flown into um, LaGuardia for layovers. You know, my i would never been in the city ever. And so I have a partnership with a company in Manhattan and and um, I had to make some other stops. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm in Ohio. I'm just going to drive. It's only an eight and a half hour drive to New York City from here. So I'm like, I'm just going to drive over there. I got a couple other stops in PA and I'll just do that. And and so I drive into Manhattan and I first it like if you've never been there, it's oh, my gosh, what an unbelievable experience. Yeah. But the toll booth. Like the toll, but the going into some tunnel thing, I was. Yeah, going, yeah, yeah. There's this, the, there's like six lanes of traffic backed up for yeah. 30 miles. I'm like, That's normal. Yeah. What the heck is going on here? But it was really cool driving down 34th Street and seeing the, the Macy's and the, and it was close to Christmas. So it was, it was pretty, uh -huh. it, it was an amazing experience. And the people in New York are not like, nasty like i always thought thank you thank I you mean, for, for saying real. that they're not they're so nice we went to this restaurant for lunch and they the I, it was just it was an mm. so i love new york i really do it's energy like wow the energy is insane and so, you'd go back 
Huh? Go back. Did I or will I? Will you? Oh, absolutely, yes. Okay, good, good, Amazing. good. That's good to hear. Look, Jeffrey Miller says you can take the girl out of Manhattan, but not Manhattan out of the girl. <laughs> this is fact, facts, facts. So, so let's, let's talk mm -hmm. about this. This look, I created this show a couple years ago to help people have a breakthrough in life, and. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I've I've had some amazing guests on tell their story. I want to I want to hear your story. Let's start with where you were born and raised. All right. So I was born and raised in Manhattan. Okay. Um, on the Upper West Side. For those who are acquainted with New York, uh, a little bit removed, not too far removed from Columbia University, but okay. I grew up in the projects. So wow. people here in Manhattan and they're like, oh, you must have lived in a nice area. No, I grew up in the projects. There's okay? projects and in Manhattan. That, Ken, that's a, whole, that's a whole other story. I didn't live on Broadway. I lived off Broadway. Okay. Totally different. From avenue to avenue, the neighborhoods are so different. So wow. I, was, I was two blocks removed from Broadway. Wow. Totally different projects, drugs. You go to Broadway, totally different story. Because, you know, you hear Broadway, you're like, ooh, you have this certain image. Two blocks removed. Wow. And totally different. Okay? Uh, so I uh, grew up in Manhattan, and I went to alternative schools. By that meaning, uh, I, I didn't have traditional education. So, for example, uh, in middle school, in high school, I learned about conspiracies, like who really killed JFK and who really <laughs> killed Martin. Like I went to those type of schools. Wow. Uh, but my mother, uh, and this will go into one of my books, she knew me well enough to know that I didn't, I needed a, a non-traditional education. So I went to those schools and then I went to the new school university. Uh, Eugene Lane College at the New School, which is connected to Parsons, if anyone knows, and okay. that's in the Chelsea area, uh, lower lower Manhattan. And so, you know, very progressive, but, you know, uh, I'm a Christian. So, you know, there was a clash, right, of sort of like, you know, my Christian values and like trying to be open-minded, right? So I was struggling through that for four years, what was the after, what was the clash? Is there a different different okay. religious base there? No, it was like you know they everybody was open to everything. Okay, and and then as a Christian, you know, it was like you know the way I was brought up, it was like you know um, I couldn't be open to everything, right? Uh, so and this will we'll get into that because one of yeah. my books uh, talks about sexuality, right? So. One of the things that, you know, was never spoken about in church was sexuality. It yeah. was a sort of private issue that small groups discussed because yeah. they had a struggle, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I was really struggling with that, right? Mm. And um, just because uh, I wanted to be open-minded, but I wanted to be loyal to the church, Right. It wasn't right. really about God. It was about being loyal to the church. That's something I learned later, the difference between church and a personal relationship with God. So I was struggling yep. with that. With four, For four years, I was struggling with that. Uh, and uh, then after I graduated, I was broke and bored. Mm. 
and, and graduated, so, graduated from from college. From college, from Eugene Lang at the New School. I what had, was your uh, degree in? In education with a minor in creative writing. Okay. Okay. But All right. I. I didn't really want to be a teacher, but it was one of those fallbacks. Yeah. Okay. If I don't, if I can't do what I want, I'll be a teacher. Got you. Yeah. So I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I said, okay, I don't want to be a teacher in New York because I know what the education system is like. And it's bad because I worked with, with kids in New York and they've got a lot of hostility and yeah. I don't blame them. I don't yeah. blame them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, you, you hear broken homes, but you don't know what they came from. And I worked with those kids and I said, I can't do it. Right. But I would like to do it in another country. So I, I would, I was, it was bored seeing these ads. Would you like to teach English abroad? I was like, okay. And I saw China. <laughs> I saw China. I saw Korea and I saw Japan. Okay. Wow. I took a course, like a TESO course, like how to teach. Yeah. The director said, you know what? I've lived in China, but you should go to Korea. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's your, f <laughs> why are you? And he said, you know, it's your first time. Korea is a, it's between China and Japan. So yeah. it's mild in terms of the, the attitude, the behavior. Um, and for your first time, I recommend Korea. I didn't know anybody. Wow. But I said, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I had no friends. I had nobody, Ken. But I said, let's do it. Let's get it. Let's go. My mother said, you can't leave without saving money. Okay? Yeah. So before you go there, you need to save up X amount. Of, I'm not going to say how much. So she told me, get a job, save X amount of money, and then I will match it. My mother was great. So I worked, I did, I worked, I was a temp. I worked for a temp agency as a receptionist, save, save, save. So I met, you know, I got to the amount I was supposed to make and she matched it. Wow. And then I left. She matched it. I said, mom, boom, I made this. I got the money. She got, wrote the check. I'm matching it. Now you can go. And mm -hmm. so that's, I had nobody. I had no friends. I had nothing, but I was excited. And that's pretty much how it went. What well, now, now <clears throat> I, I don't know how much, and apparently you don't want to talk about no, it. No, I'll but... tell you. I save. It's okay. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> so I saved up two thousand dollars. Okay. So was okay. your mom was it she... matches it was four so she was no longer living in the the projects no she was living in the projects oh for but real? she was working now look this is and this is gonna get into this book i am val because this is about my mother so my mother she didn't go to college okay, okay? she yeah. graduated from high school but she she took courses in um in word excel and powerpoint so she said look I'm going to master these three things. And if I master these three things, I'm going to get a job. Wow. So she took courses and she mastered those three things, Excel, PowerPoint, and Word. And she ended up working at, at a hospitality, hospitality agency in Manhattan. Do you know how hard, like, like wow. first of yeah. all, it's really hard to get a job in general in Manhattan, even at McDonald's. These days, I don't know what it's like. Right, right. 
you know what I'm saying? To even work yeah. at fast food, like it's it's not it's not easy. Right. So, you know, she got she worked for a hospitality agency because she was able to to just be a little bit better than others. Even though she didn't have a college degree, she excelled those who had a college degree. All right. And then she winded up getting promoted, had her own office, all that. So, you know, so she was able to, to, to you know, get some good money and, and save up and help me. All Go with a high school degree. Her, name, Go her, name, Val. her name's Val. Valentis. Her full name is Valentis, but Val is for short. Go yeah. Val. That's Go Val. so awesome. And to do that in Manhattan, I, I mean, for those of you, if anybody out there who knows New York and knows Manhattan, to get a job with a high school diploma in Manhattan, that's unheard of. Wow. That's unheard of. And she did it. And she did it for years. And she was able to support me and my and my sister. So wow. shout out to her. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So so <clears throat> she matched it. You had four four thousand bucks in the bank and you hopped on a boat or a plane. Not a you know, Ken. <laughs> What's that? Why you said a boat? You know, that's a bit far, Ken, you know, for a Manhattan to Yeah, right. Okay. So no, me, not a boat. You you you, you, you flew over 15 to hours. Yeah. 15 plus hours. Yeah. Wow. 15 plus hours. But the good thing is um, the job was set. When I got there, the job was set. The housing was set. Oh, wow. Um, so just this is just something for people. If, if anyone's And you were there to teach English. Teach English as a second language. But didn't didn't you need to know South no. Korean? No. Wow. And the thing is, you know, when you teach in the classrooms, they don't want you to speak Korean. That's the whole point. Like everything is in English, right? Because you want to get the, the students to be as fluent as possible. And you want it to be as natural as possible. Yeah. So that wow. was not a requirement. Now, in my personal life, that's something I had to try to do. Yeah. But in my working life, it was not a requirement. That's wow. That's incredible. It's not a requirement, but I had no friends. Right, right. Wow. I mean, I had some church connections, but they were—they're not my—they were not my friends. Yeah. You know, I didn't feel connected, so I was alone. I was homesick, but I was excited all at the same time. Yeah. All at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here you are, and you—you you end up in South Korea, fresh off the boat. <laughs> The or plane, plane. <laughs> right? So, plane. so, so here you are in in South Korea. It sounds like you were you were pretty young. Okay, you know what, Ken? I'm not gonna say how you know because there's still some people. I know some people are watching, and they uh, don't. Some people don't. <laughs> some people don't know how old I am. Well, so, I'm, Ken, not, I'm not asking how old you are now. I'm saying was, like you were in. You just got I out of my college. 20s. Yes, that's right. I mean, you that's weren't right. out of college very long. No. So I was in my early 20s. Okay. And I, and I had no and direction. you're living in, in, a, in a foreign country. Yeah. That's insane. Nah, 
No, but it was exciting. I'm sure it was, but still, that's that's a that's a huge that's a huge leap. And you know the thing is, Ken. You know when I told my friends from New York, they're like, "Why are you going to South Korea? Why are you leaving New York?" Because in their mind, it's like New York has everything. Yeah. It don't make no sense. It doesn't make any sense for you to to what's in South Korea. How does South Korea compare to Manhattan? And I was like, it's not about that. I actually said I was bored. Believe it or not, I was bored in Manhattan. Well, Frank Sinatra, Frank Sinatra, for the record, never sang a song about freaking South Korea. So we'll just put oh, that. Oh, is that there. right? <laughs> <laughs> this is news. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> no. So 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 you you're in South Korea and you're like. Yeah you know nobody you're in your early 20s you're like wow so how did it go okay my first year was terrible of course it was rotten because <laughs> it was my first year right yeah um but and this is where it gets into and we got to talk about one of my books so i'm just to bring this up this book here is about uh, an intimate relation. I am Saul is about an intimate relationship that I developed in my first year. I am Saul, my first year. Uh -huh. uh, so I developed a, an intimate relationship with a Korean. <laughs> okay. And that shifted everything I thought and felt. Right. Okay. So for the first six months, I was depressed. I was a mess. Then I got into this romantic relationship and then everything changed. And I said, you know what? I think I'll stay for another year. Mm. Um, and so that relationship, right? Because there, there were there, there are gender, it's it's a gender issue, right? Because mm -hmm. this 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 relationship was a, a same-sex relationship. Then right. there was the cultural thing, right? Korean. Yeah. And so it was like so much to deal with in my first year, Ken. It was crazy. Right. But um, it made me want to stay a little longer. My intention was to stay for two years. But this relationship, it just, it made me think long term. Wow. Um, and so that's, and that that's another whole story in itself, being in a relationship uh, with someone of a, of a different ethnicity. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and the culture is totally different. Right. Like, yeah. you know, like, like African-American and, and Korean culture, totally different. Right. But so interesting. So interesting. Wow. Yeah. So so you were and you were working. Teaching, I was working. Teaching English yeah. as a second language. That's, that's right. Um, in a in a and and is is Korea a. um. Is it, is it a, is the, you know, I know in a lot of, of, um, Asian countries, it's, am I saying that right? Asian countries, um, okay. there's, <laughs> there's a more of a male dominance kind mm. of, kind of thing going on. Is, is Korea like that? You know, man, I want to be careful. I got to be careful, you know, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's watching. No, but, um, you know, I'm not educated on the history, but I've heard something about Confucianism, right, from China. And yeah. so that kind of has something to do with it, with the, the patriarchy, right? Yeah. And so that has an influence, right? right? right. 
right. that Confucianism thing from China has an influence yeah. on Korea for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now I've been here for over 10 years, so I've seen a shift. Uh, when I first came, you know, uh, a lot of women, they were housewives, very traditional roles, but over the years, I've seen a lot of uh, mothers, wives, they're more assertive, they're more confident about what they want. And they're sick yeah. and tired, you yeah. know, because they've been doing what they've been told they had to do. But when they got older, they're like, you know what? I had the kids. I cooked long enough. I washed long enough. And this yeah. is my time. Right. And so this is what I began to see over the years. So now you see a lot of mothers who are working. Um, who who own, they have their own businesses. They have their own academies, you know, they, they have their own businesses. Yeah. So there's been a shift over the years, yeah. but it's still very prevalent, uh, very, especially compared to America. Right. Very right. much so, very much so, very traditional in that sense, but there has been a shift. Yeah. So, so when, when um, you just, you just gave away your age, by the way, um, <laughs> you know what? I can't. You know what? Can I end this? Can we? You didn't so, have to bring that up. I'm, I'm playing. So, so when so you've been there, you've been there over ten years. Yes. You and I'm assuming you're still teaching. Yes. Okay. But that's um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What? That's what. Well, last year I wrote two books. Okay. And I wrote that while I was teaching full time, wow. but I was sick and tired. Right. Yeah. So what happens is, and I don't know if, if anybody out there can relate, you know, when you have a dream and you don't follow through, there's kind of like this voice and it nags at you. Like, what are you doing? Why aren't you doing this? Right. Don't forget about this. So I had this nagging voice in my mind, like, yeah, you're teaching, but that's not your dream. Right. And so what happened was the voice, it wasn't a loud voice. It was a constant whisper. It was like a whisper that never faded. It kept speaking to me until I finally did something about it. So uh, around, I don't know, maybe May of last year, I told my boss, you know, um, I think I'm done. I'm done with this. And I decided that I was going to quit teaching and just focus on writing, meaning like I wouldn't work at all. And so I had enough money saved up where I could just write. And wow. so I did that. And I finished the two books. I finished the two books here. These two books, these babies, my babies, right? I am, yeah. I am, right? I finished those. And, and you know, it was the most liberating time, you know, to just not work and to do what I had loved. But I was so scared. I was so scared. And so this is what I want to say to people. You know, if you have a dream, if you have something that you're passionate about, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are. If you really believe in it, you have to you have to follow through with it. But you got to take one step at a time. You got to start somewhere. Right. Yep. So for me, my starting point was saying I'm not going to work here anymore. Right. That was my bold move to say I quit. I'm done working here. 
And then the next move was to say, let me finish these books. And then I made a plan. And then I followed through with that plan. And then I finished them. And it was tough, right? Because I didn't have, I'm not rich, but yeah. I had enough more, I had enough money um, for about maybe six months. Mm-hmm. So I, fi- I, I finished those books in the six months around that. T- I finished it. Wow. Um, but then I said to myself, because I had pride. I said, you know, what? I'm a writer. And if I'm a write, I'm going to go all in. So yeah. I need to quit everything. You're right, right? So I thought I had to quit my job. I thought I had to quit my day job, right? So that's right. what I did. I quit my day job. <laughs> right. Ha <laughs> ha, I quit my day job. Yeah. I'm not I'm not joking, but it's it's funny looking back. I quit my day job and it was nice for a yeah. while, for right. a time. Right. But then the money started running out <laughs> and it wasn't nice anymore. <laughs> Yeah, you don't get rich writing books. You don't get rich writing books, but I but 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 you can't tell that to someone whose mm-hmm. mind is in the clouds. Damn. My mind was in the clouds. So December came, January came, I'm like, Michelle, the money is gone. You need to go back to work. And you know, I had a lot of pride. Yeah. Because I said, no, I'm a writer. And and by now I should be selling the books. I should be at this point. And I wasn't. I, there were times I wasn't selling books. And this is the hard reality as a writer. Um, yeah. You're not. And then on Amazon, right? Yeah. It's very tough to get into that, you know, 100 ranking bracket. Very difficult. You know, people yeah. are writing ebooks left and right. Yep. Um, some of them are good. Some of them are trash, honestly. But they're making money. Right. And so it's like. I had to really take take a step back and say, there's no shame in, in getting a job. Plus, I need a job. I need it. So uh, this year is when I decided to just put my pride to the side uh, and, and go back to work. But the good thing is I decided to do it on different terms. So instead of going from, part, from full-time, I went to part-time. So that's what I'm doing now. Wow. Um, so... And I've in in the month, you know, I'm not making the same money. I don't have the same benefits, but I'm happy. Right. I'm happy. I'm able to take care of myself. Do you know what I'm saying? I can pay my rent. I have enough food. I have everything that I need. And then I have all I have the time to write, the time and the space to write. So that's where I'm at now. Um, so I just sorry, go ahead. How many people how I'm curious about living in Seoul? Mm. Um how many people live there? What's the population? I have no idea, but it's, 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 it looks more from what I've seen. It looks mm-hmm. way more condensed than like New York. It looks like there's a lot more people. Uh, yes, there is, but there's a lot more, but there's not, the, the population is not as, it's not as big as, as okay. Yeah. but it is, you're right. It is condensed and it is a lot more developed than people think. Because, you know, when I came to Korea, I don't know, I, I had this image in my mind. They don't have, you know, McDonald's, Burger King. I don't know why. Yeah. It's silly. Yeah. But they're so developed. Yeah. You got to think, right? They've got LG. They've yeah. got Kia Motors, right? Galaxy. A lot of people, you know, there's this 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 battle between Galaxy phones and, and iPhones. And Galaxy phones are pretty good. So they're actually a lot more developed than people might know. Yeah, um, right. And they've done it at a fast pace, right? You know, you think about the war 
in the 50s, right? Yeah. They've been able since the 50s, they have really advanced a lot in yeah. that amount of time. So yeah. it's it's actually quite impressive what they've been able to do since the war. Yeah. So so what do you do in in South Korea for fun? Ha. <laughs> well, I mean, what kind of, do you, what, do you get out and about in the city? Yeah. Do you go out of the city into the, is there like, I'm sure there is out in the country and in, in Korea. Do yeah. you ever get out and about? Okay. Well, let me tell you what it was like when I first came. So first of all, I didn't think, again, this is such, it's a bad stereotype. It's a bad prejudice, but I just thought Asians, Sorry, I didn't think that they really knew how to have fun as we Americans did, right? They're more, you know, they kept to themselves, right? No, it's not like that. It's, it's not, not like that. <laughs> no, I really want to break this, this stereotype, this prejudice. So I come here, and one of the first things I see, I see these, like, these, these middle-aged men hobbling and hobbling, and they're, like, holding each other. And I'm like, what is this? And I realize they're drunk. Oh, Lord. And so... <laughs> and so there's a culture, right? Of like you work hard, right? And yeah. you play hard, right? So right, it's really right. common. We, it's called a hueshik. A hueshik is like a company dinner, meaning like uh, after work, you go out with all your co workers and you eat and you drink and you do it fast. Everything is pali pali, which means quickly, like fast. Wow. This is very common on the weekdays, Ken, not the weekend. Okay, so from Monday to about Thursday or Friday, you know, people, they go out, they drink, they eat, they get it in, they get it in quickly. And so I was really surprised to see that because you don't see this kind of thing in America, right? Yeah. And then there's some some hot spots for clubs, right? So for those of you who know, there's Itaewon, there's Gangnam, and there's Hongdae. These are like hot spots for clubbing. Mm. So I was really surprised. Surprise, supplies, surprise. Uh, yeah. yeah, supplies. I made a new word. Right. I was so surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People go out, you know, and my friend said to me that Koreans think of themselves as the Italians of Asia. Oh, wow. So if you can imagine whatever you, whatever your perception is of Italian, right? Passionate, right? Yeah. Um, go, that's, that's kind of how it is. So, Think of it that way. The, and I, I, I would have to agree. They're the, the Italians of Asia. They're passionate. They like to go out and have a good time. Even during the corona, you know, yeah. people were still out. Were they never, really? There's never, there was never a lockdown here. There's never oh, there been wasn't? a lockdown. Never. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. They had restrictions. Okay. That, but and those restrictions were not even mandatory; they were strongly, you know, suggested. <laughs> yes, but but the, here's the thing: they track people, so yeah. that's you know there wasn't a lockdown, but they, they tracked. They would track you. You got sick; everybody knew it, because you get a notification on the phone. Oh my gosh. Okay, this person is infected. He wow. was in this area. He's this old. If you were in this area at this time, please come in and get checked. It. 
get checked. So they would have this. So they don't have a lockdown, but they do track. So you take your pick, wow. right? Uh, but it works. Now yeah. I know I know how people are about privacy. You know, that's yeah. a whole other, but and this is where the American side comes in, right? Because I don't like that, right? I don't want to be tracked. I don't but yeah. it worked. It, yeah. You know, it did because they found people, they found the people who were sick, they got them tested quickly, and then they found the people who were connected to them and yeah. they got tested. Yeah. So it worked. Yeah. So to answer your question, people do go out yeah. um, all the time, all the time. You know, they're they're nocturnal people, I would say, to a certain degree. Wow. So what what um, I mean, it sounds like you, you, you have no intentions of of leaving anytime soon. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. You hit it. You, you don't miss the, the Big Apple and the snow? Now? And <laughs> oh, Ken. You know I don't miss it now. I, I mean, it's definitely, I don't. And, and this is, okay, but this is serious, though, especially in these times, you know. Watching what's happening in New York from Korea, it, I, I went into a mild depression because, you know, I've got my friends there. You know, I've got people that I care about there. Yeah, right. And when I see the statistics, the numbers, and yeah, people say the numbers are deflated. You know, that's another argument. Yeah. But um, there are times I imagine, well, what would it have been like if I was there? Right. And it's just such a crazy thing, the way the world works, right? Like the where how people are positioned yeah. in certain times at certain certain places at certain times, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so for me to be here in Korea at such a time as this, it, it it was like, it blew my mind, right? Because I could have easily been there now, right? And I could have, I could have had, I could have been sick. Who knows? Who knows what my, you know, but the situation in Korea is not as bad, you know, as it is uh, in the States. Uh, so I miss it, but I have, I have no desire to go back there now obviously. Um, but New York is a love and a love and hate relationship. For those of you New Yorkers, you know what I'm talking about. We yeah. love it. We love it so much. And we hate it so much. <laughs> right. With equal intensity. Right. Right. So that's how I feel. So um, I hope maybe in a year, you know, when things settle down, I want, I, 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 I want to go back. I need, I need that energy. I need that intensity. I need it. You, you know? want to go back to Not New for York? Good. Not for good. Just to oh. visit. Oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Ken, I don't know how I feel about living there in America. Yeah. You know, the longer, for anybody who's lived abroad, the longer you're away, the harder it is to come back. Why? It's like a reverse culture shock. But don't, I mean, don't, don't we have freedoms in America that you don't have? Okay. So give me an, like, what do you mean? Like what kind of, I don't know. Like I, you know, a gun, I I own a bunch of guns. Okay. That's a good example. Uh, Yeah. There's no guns here, but Ken, what that's, that's a 50, 50 because 
look at look at a, we could look at the misuse of guns. Well, I, okay, I'm not saying that there's not crazy people that don't own guns. Mm-hmm. I had this discussion with a buddy of mine, um, and and I said, and, and and it's it's you know it doesn't matter who it is, but I w- I was saying, look, dude, like I own all kinds of guns, mm-hmm. and 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 he's like, yeah, I I I don't, and and I said. I mean, look, man, here's, here's the argument. If I'm sitting in your house right now and we're like upstairs checking out something and I'm showing you something, how to use this on the computer and we hear a, and somebody comes busting in the downstairs door, are, are, are you going to like one, one and wait for some guys with guns to show up? Or are you going to ask me to handle it? Cause I will. That's a good point. He That's said, well, I would definitely ask you to handle it. <laughs> so again, and, and this, I don't want to make this about, about that. No, 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 it's good. No, it's, you have a point. For but sure. I, I think that again, whether it's guns or, or whatever it is, you know, we, well, we're supposed to have, <laughs> we're supposed to have some freedoms mm-hmm. in America that, that most other countries don't have according to legend. I don't know that to be mm-hmm. true because I've never lived anywhere else. So, you know, what do you see on that front? I mean, I, you know, we can sit here and say, well, at least in America, they're not tracking us. Yeah. Right. Yes, they mm-hmm. are. Right. They are, you know, right. they're, they're, you may not have it popping up on your phone saying, Hey, look at that. Michelle just got tested for coronavirus, but, but they're, they're, they're definitely tracking us, but are there, do you see a difference in freedoms in any way? I, I don't know because I've never lived outside of the U.S. Well, your example with the guns is a good one. Uh, be, you know, there's really no way for us to defend. Our, there, there's there's no way. Taekwondo. Um, <laughs> doesn't work. But, okay, but Taekwondo and guns, it's like. Yeah. Do the, bad, do the bad guys carry have guns in Korea? No, no, no. There's no guns. None. Maybe there's no it, from, from my experience. No. Wow. It's like drugs. Okay, this is. I mean, not to say drugs should be <laughs> some are, are part of our freedom, but that's another thing. There's certain things if they happen, it's totally you know under the radar. Like you don't know. Wow. Right? You don't know about it. No, they don't have that stuff. How, is there crime? The crime is low. No, but the crime is low. But it doesn't mean, but then there's, this is where we get to different kinds of crime, right? So for example, you know, in America, I don't know what the the main type of crime would be. Would it be, I don't know, like through guns or whatever. But in Korea, it might be like um, sort of like minor violations of you know what I mean? Of like, uh, like I'm I, as a woman. Let's say I'm walking somewhere at night, and a man may try to come up on me, right? Yeah. Um, he wouldn't even try to touch me per se, but he may just try to be creepy with me. So yeah. you've got these kind of cases that Korean women go through. You got these weird, creepy people yeah. coming up on you, but um, but then. Um, I would say like last year, there was a situation of a guy who had raped, and this was the area where I worked, he had raped the same woman several times 
Wow. And they couldn't find him. So, and then they put out a post for him and they couldn't, but, but these cases, so then this, this is what I mean, variations of crime. Yeah. So it wasn't the guns, but it may be like violations of people's, you know, privacy and right. Right. Um, harassment, those sort of things. This is the kind of things that you might typically see. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so um, you've you've now written how many books? Three or three. four? Three. Three. Uh, three. Yes. And three. and and over how what long what period of time? Two books last year. Okay. Okay. And so I, I finished the two books. I finished the two books. Right. Uh, right. I am Val and I am his. That was September. They, those were both around the same time. Working full so, time, finished them. Talk about, you said that I am Val is about your, your mother. Right. Talk yeah, about that. Here. Um, so the, it's basically it, all of these are memoirs. Okay, all of these are memoirs, but the "I Am Val" is written not from my perspective. It's written from the perspective of her closest friends. So the the voices are. I'm not the the main voice. The main voice, for example, is from her brother, from and from her best friends. Okay, so you are hearing about what it's like for them to know her and their voice. Wow. And I am writing it from their perspective. The thing is, do I know my mother's whole life? No. So I had to imagine what it was like, like what it was like to be my mother. Right. From the perspective of her friends. Right. What right. was it like for her to be a, to grow up in elementary school, in junior high school, in high school? And did she grow up in New York? She did. Okay. Uh, my grandmother, she grew up in Florida, but then she, you know, she moved Miami, Florida, and then she moved to Manhattan. And just a little quick tidbit about my grandmother, because we grew up in the projects in Manhattan. She was one of the first people to move into that housing development. Wow. So she's like, she was a legend. She's not alive now, but she was a legend. <laughs> um, so, so, and, and when, so it was brand new facility when she moved in. Yeah. How, how, when you say, cause I, I've never, I've only seen it on TV. Right. So mm -hmm. So what is it one of those ginormous buildings with thousands of apartments in it or or it's or hundreds it, or whatever Yeah, they vary but like the particular building I was the building I was living in was about like 20 floors and it's usually around that and they're all the same color, okay? Yeah. That's how you know it's the projects. They're brown. Uh, <laughs> so maybe I mean that's that's putting it in a sim simple terms, but they're yeah. brown, and then they're always situated in a particular area. You would yeah. never see projects like I said on Broadway, right? Right. Right. So they're situated in areas where things are underdeveloped, right? So you you know, and then you've got stores where they don't have like fresh produce, you know, just a lot of things. You, they don't have access to things that 
they should have access to, right? Yeah. So this is the sort of the way you know, right? A lot of floors, they're brown. They're in a sort of underdeveloped neighborhoods. Um, but what makes New York different is because it's so close, so close to the developed. It's yeah. like I said, it's two blocks removed. I'm two, I was two blocks removed from Broadway. So when I told wow. people I'm from Manhattan, they thought, oh, I didn't tell them I was from the projects. Right. Did you, well, growing up, and I'm kind of backtracking here a little bit, but growing up, did you, you know, I've, I've heard so many stories of, of, I mean, the majority, I would say, don't get out of the projects. The, mm. a, a, a majority end up being in, in that. But I've heard many stories of, of like you, like I'm, I'm out of here. I'm, 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 here. I'm I, I ain't staying in the projects. Did you, did you have that sense, that feeling as a kid growing up? Like I, I ain't, I, I am not staying here. No way. Am I staying in the projects? Did you ever that feel came, that? Yes, absolutely. And that came from my mother. Did it? And again, to go back to the book, I'm, I really encourage people look, and I'm not just saying this because I wrote it. Like you really get some, an insight into who my mother was like and the, the just the influence that she had. Wow. For someone who was in high school to get to a certain position in Manhattan is huge. So she, and this is for my younger sister because I have a sister. She told us, she was like, you know, you can't settle. Okay. You, you're not staying here. You, you've got to get out, get out. So when I told her that I was going to go to Korea, she was ecstatic. Wow. She was over the moon. She And she told me later that she cried on her way back home. Right? From the airport. That day, from the airport. Right. From the airport. She didn't show me because, you know, we got to keep it tough. She was keep it tough, kept it tough. Yeah, yeah. But she told me later she was crying with tears of joy. Because I got out, and not only did I get out, I left the country. Like <laughs> I didn't even go to. You know how you said I ain't going to Ohio. I'm getting I ain't out. Going, out of I'm here. not going where you are, Ken. <laughs> mm -mm. That's not. I'm not going to California. I mean, nothing against California. Yeah. California is cool. I've been to California. That's all the other way. But it wasn't good enough for me, and she knew that. She was like, you know what, Michelle, you're different, and Love and that. I embraced it. I embraced it. I said, yes, I am different. I don't want to live in America, but I didn't want to tell people that because I felt like it was weird, you know? Yeah. Um, so I saved up my money. She matched it. I told her I was going to Korea. She was like, okay. And then she was really happy for me. She was, you know, some, every parent is different. That's you know, so some odd. parents might've been like, what? You going where? Right? No. She was like, go, I'm so happy for you. When you leaving, you know, and not like to try to push me out, but because she was so excited for me. Um, wow. And that meant everything to me because I needed that because I was scared. I was nervous. I was scared. I had nobody in Korea. And it meant the world to me that she was 100% behind me. That's so awesome. So awesome. So um, what do you think? I cannot believe we've already been, we're almost at the end of the hour. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so, so what do you think 
and I, I hold up your your most recent book if you would. I am his. My most recent was the one that I. Oh, I am, oh, I am Saul. I thought I am his. Oh, it's so okay. Show me These the other three. one too. Okay, so this is I am Val. This is about my mother. Yeah. So for yeah. those of you who who are interested in memoirs about family and motherhood, relationships between mothers and daughters, um, and different perspectives and voices, this is I am Val. And then the second is I am His. This is for for like for people who who are Christians but who have struggled with their faith. Mm. Uh, I became a Christian when I was thirteen. But when I got older, I struggled, okay? And yeah. so this is about my doubts, my fears, my dark times, my and my um, experiences. It's not a cookie-cutter Christian book, all right? But I recommend it. And then well, this is my uh, most recent book, I Am Saul, which talks about my life here in yeah. Korea and my intimate relationship with a Korean woman when I first came to Korea and a married Korean woman. So you really got to get this book because it's- Oh family. Lord. I know that- Did you just say I'm married? <laughs> Ken, this was years ago. I just okay. want to put that out. This was this was years ago, okay? okay. Yep, I'm a yep. different person now, okay? I got you. Okay, so it talks about that intimate relationship the cultural differences, the struggles of being a Christian and struggling in this relationship, okay? Plus family secrets. We all got secrets, right? Yeah. And Saul, because people are like, well, because people ask me, who is Saul? Saul is uh, someone who I grew up with. I'm not going to go into detail, but you've got the feminine, you've got the, the, mas the feminine and the masculine. Yeah. So I, from the feminine perspective, try to understand him, Saul, from his masculine perspective, right? Yeah. Um, and he is connected to my family, and he is connected to a family secret, and his life is connected to my relationship with the married Korean woman. Does that make sense? I hope so. Wow. <laughs> Wow. I hope this all makes sense. And we, and they're all connected because the, the theme is I am, right? I am Val. I am Saul. I am his. So all of these books are connected, right? Um, so you'll see the characters kind of flowing within the three books. And why is it called I am? Because I am speaking from the perspective of someone else. So I am trying to imagine what it's like to be Saul, what it's like to be Val, right? Yeah. So it's in, it's it's my perspective, it's in their voice, right? And so I'm just like an afterthought. My voice in these books are an afterthought. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So, oh, I just lost your, oh, there you're back. Your video, your video flickered for a second. Okay, you got me? You're good. So, so let me ask you, um, how much, you know, especially after what happened in Minnesota yesterday or two days ago, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, we, we have, we have some work to do here in the United States when it comes to the, the racial divide. It's absolutely heartbreaking to me, blows my mind that we are still, still, 
it just blows me away. I mean, absolutely blows me away what happened. And I think a lot of people are pissed off about it. I, I am pissed off about it. Mm -hmm. I think it's, mm -hmm. it, but you know, we gotta, we gotta make some changes. But my, my, my question for you is more about South Korea. How much does race come into play? And we talked a little bit about this before we, we started. How much do, do you see race coming into play in South Korea? Is it, is it, is it like, is, is it as like it is here? Is it? I'm so glad you asked that question. <laughs> well, I, 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 you know, look, I, I, I gotta, we gotta make some freaking changes, man. I'm like, I am, I, I, I like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, of course. And anybody says, well, I don't see color. Yes, you do. Shut the I hell do. up. You, everybody right. does, but, but right. like, you know, we can embrace our differences and not be all nasty and hateful. And I, I yeah. But what's it like yeah. in South Korea? Ken, you need to bring me back again because this is a whole other issue and I could write the book and I just might. Do it. Now, I will. And actually I am. I'm in the process, but it's real. First of all, you got to think this is a homogenous country. They, they don't see black people. They don't see people of color in general. Okay. Yeah. Not just black people, Latinos, you know, yeah. um, when I came here over 10 years ago, it was bad. It was real bad. You know, I had people talking about me in Korean, you know, saying all kinds of bad things about me. They would yeah. touch my hair, right? They would move. like They, they would touch your hair. Would, without, without asking. And they- Oh, for real? For real, for real. Oh my God. You know, in New, if you did that in America, I told them, I said, you can't do that in America. You might get shot. Sadly, <laughs> you and that's not even an exaggeration. We oh, know that's oh. not an exaggeration. So they would touch my hair. They would talk about me. They would move. Like if they were sitting next to me, they may move to another seat. Oh, okay. They would say, people point at me. They would point the kids. They would point at me. The kids would run behind their, their mother, hide behind because they were scared of me. What? Yes. And yes, then you'd have these silly remarks, like these teenagers who'd walk past me like, yo, 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 what's up? Like, yo, you know, like, you know, all these ridiculous, silly things, right? Or you must be from Africa. <laughs> I'm glad you think this is hey, funny. Hold on, hold on. I say yo, yo, yo. You could do that, but it's uh, different when it's in Asia uh, yeah. because, because <laughs> well, it's coming Asia. from a different place. Yeah. They're not they they don't say yo yo regular. <laughs> it's not like a regular part of their lives. They did it because they saw me. They walked past me, uh, and you know what's weird? They would walk past me and they would ask me a question after they passed by. So, for example, they pass by me and be like, "Hey, yo, what's up?" So they would ask me a question. Yeah. After they pass by me, because that's that passive aggressive nature. Wow. You know what I mean? So they can't actually confront me and say, hey, yo, what's up? How are you? So after they passed me, they would be like, hey, yo, what's up? <laughs> it's so ridiculous, you know? I don't that's care insane. if you say, hey, yo, what's up? But don't right. do it after you've passed by. And you know you don't talk like that regularly. 
So why are you doing it? I can't tell you how many times I've been to a restaurant and all of a sudden they start talking English and talking about, yeah, in Africa and Jamaica. I'm like, you know, you don't care about no Africa and Jamaica. I came in here. Now you want to have a conversation. And this is how it is. Have you ever ever, ever seen the movie uh, Office Space? Yes. Where where the, the white dudes bumping that rap music in the beginning and and the 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 black dudes coming down and and he turns it down. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. I know, but it's stupid. Like it I, is. Stupid. I, like, I I'm just like you know. Look, there's times when I'm rolling, I'm bumping rap music, man. Um, I don't turn it down. Don't like, turn it down. No, like yeah. be uh, proud. It's crazy, man. People but are that's not- how it is. But when Obama became president, yeah, there was a big shift. Now they were yeah. like, We love black yeah. people because yeah. my name is Michelle. Yeah, like, Michelle. so then they started calling me Michelle Obama. Oh, so corny, wow. so corny, you know. It's wow. like, womp, womp, you know, <laughs> your name is Michelle, oh, Michelle Obama, Michelle Obama. So that I got that was that was, I I was Michelle Obama. These little little Korean kids going, yo, yo. yo. <laughs> So, so, <laughs> so let me ask you this. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm uh, like yesterday, I, I got a phone call, my buddy, Mark Victor Hansen, right? He's, he's the world record holder in number of books sold on planet earth. He sold over 600 million books, chicken soup for the soul. That's his book. That's oh, his books. Okay. books. Right. And so like, I, I know these, these, the, and, and Mark and I were talking about this, this program he has to help people write a book and it's an amazing program and I'm helping him with this. And, 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 you know, I, I, and I did a live stream about this last night. I put, I put off writing a book for 25 years. Hmm. I was 48 years old when I finally published my book and, and, I'm 47, 48. I don't, yeah, something like that. And, and I, when I did it, I was like, that wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be for years. So like, what, what do you think? Because I think, I think most people have a book in them. Most people, not everybody, but I think most people do. And, and, my question for you is what do you think, and not just with writing a book, but in life in general, what do you think holds people back? Don't say fear. That's the number one answer. What do you think <laughs> holds people back? And maybe it is fear. I don't know. What holds them back from writing that book, from taking that leap, from, from getting on a freaking plane and moving to South Korea or China or wherever they want to go? What do you think is holding people back in life? Okay, I'm not going to say fear, but I do think that's a part of it. So thank you for taking one of my answers away. But uh, I would say a lack of discipline. Because I can't tell you how many people, when I told them I wrote a book, they all said, me? Oh, yeah. I'm going to write a book. I got a plan. And they never wrote it. Yeah. And, And the reason is that there's no discipline. You've got to be disciplined. And my mother always told me, if you want something, it's going to show. It's going to show, right? So, you know, people say this and they say that. But at the end of the day, what have you done 
to show that you really want that. So I would say it's a lack of dedication, commitment, and discipline. You know, if you are willing to put the work in, make a plan, and stick with it, this is also right. the key. You got to stick with it. Yeah. Right? If you, if you make a plan and you follow through and stick with it, you can do it. But if you say you're going to do it and you don't have a plan, it's not going to happen. So yeah. you've got to, you got to, it's, it's a lack of discipline, Ken, and lack of commitment. And you got to stay with it to the end. It doesn't. And then the thing is, I had a lot of bad experiences, right? I was going through a lot when I went through, the, when I wrote these two books, but I was working full time, yeah. but I did it because this, I was committed. Right. So words don't mean anything right. if you don't follow through and then and then see it through. Follow through and see it through. Finish. That's, that's my thing. Finish, Finish. it. Finish. Do you Finish. know how many millions of books there are that were started and never finished? And never finished. And they died. They went to their Sad. graves with their music still in them. Sad. And you know what? Some people, they were like halfway there. If only. Man, if only they would have went that extra mile, they could have done it, right? And once you do the first one, it builds your confidence. Now you're like, okay, I got this. Yeah. You do one. And that's what happened with me. I did one, got, it, then the next one, I wouldn't say it was easier, but it was a little easier because I already did one. So I knew I could do it and you can do it. That's what I want to say to people, right? So, yeah. um yeah, the fear is one thing. Don't talk about it. Do it. Right. So start, make a plan. First of all, make a plan. Yeah. You know, I don't like plans, but you got to do it. Yeah. Make a plan, an outline, however you want it, and then follow through with it and see yeah. it through no matter what happens. Right. So, I mean, you could have deaths in your family. You could have catastrophes. You could have pandemics. <laughs> yeah. But if you, if this is what you want, ain't nothing going to stop you. So you got to really want it. Yeah. And like you said, you got to finish it. Make a plan, follow through, see it through and finish it, finish it. And it doesn't matter how long it takes. Okay. Don't get caught up in, oh, well, you know, it's been a year. No, just yeah. keep going. T take baby steps. The more steps you take, Eventually you'll get, there. eventually you're going to get there. Right. But yeah. if you take no steps, you get nowhere. Right? And I think, I think that, that, you know, I, I, my buddy Grant Cardone talks about writing your goals down twice a day, once in the morning, once at night. And he says, and, and I remember hearing that like the first time thinking, who does that? That's insane. <laughs> like, you know, but he says most people write their goals down once at the beginning of the year on January the 2nd, because January 1st, they're recovering from their hangover. January 2nd, write your goals down, tuck them away, put them in a drawer somewhere and, and, and move on with your life. And he says, you know, if you write your goals down twice a day, 365 days a year at the end of that year you've written your goals what is that 730 times right wow. 
And, and he goes, who's got a better shot at accomplishing their goals and achieving yes. more in life? The one that did it 730 times in one year or the one that did it once? Facts. Right? That's right. It's, it's the, the, how do you bust, uh, uh, how does the guy swinging the hammer break the giant boulder one strike at a time, man, eventually it's going to crack. Eventually you're going to split it. And you so, know what? Ken? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go on. Go ahead. And you know what? It's like this. I'm a Christian, but I'm going to go beyond. I'm going to get new agey here. There's a supernatural power that that's at work. I really believe this. When yeah. you write down your goals, things start to come to you. Yeah. I really believe that. Yeah. You know, I wrote down my goals. I write, I make weekly goals. Okay. Yeah. I write them. But the two, the way you said it, that's probably better. Things started, you know, you know, I'm here. I'm here with you now because of our mutual friend. I never yeah. would have thought I would have been here now. That was not my goal. Right. But when you start to put things in place and you write them down and you really believe them, you're going to start attracting things. That's right. And it really, I'm telling you, and I, as a Christian, I'm not even being, this is facts. It really, you're going to attract things, right? Because you believe with it, because you stick with it, because yep. you wrote it down, and then you're living those things out, right? So yep. once I wrote those goals out, I began to live them out. Does that make sense? Like I began to live in expectation of those yeah. things. Like I expect these things to happen. And I think most people are going through life expecting bad things. Mm. I, I, I and think that's what that's they most, get. But a lot, a lot of people, you know, I don't like people are like, did you see what it said on the news? No, I haven't watched the news in 12 years. <laughs> right. 12 years. I have not watched. No, I ain't going to like, look, there's only one thing the news wants to do. And that's, they want to implant fear in me. Because this is true enough fear i'll keep coming back for more right it's like a drug dealer giving the dr drug dealers are notorious for giving you your first couple of hits mm -hmm. right because they know that man they get they get you on that first or second run you're coming back for more you're hooked you're hooked yep yeah that's that's interesting you haven't watched it but Okay, so how do you, I guess you get your news from other people? Look, like, <laughs> if the world's coming to an end, I'll find out. Oh, you'll know it. I'll and know. you're going to feel it. You're probably going to feel Yeah, yeah. You're like, whoa, there was a tornado coming. Exactly. exactly. The sirens didn't work, I guess. I don't know. But, you know, look, I I, I, um, I just don't, I don't. It's it's Geigo, garbage in, garbage out. So whatever you're feeding your mind with is what you're gonna what you're gonna put out to the world, and it's what and it will be reflected in your life. So I I just I choose to not put that garbage in my mind. I just don't. Don't watch CNN. Don't watch Fox News. Don't watch any of it. None. Good. Good. Agree. None. Me too. Um, unfortunately, I have felt trapped to you know this stuff with Corona just because I want to stay update, but you know, I know it's a trap. Like at the end of the day, I know that I don't have to do that. And yeah. I want to be better at not giving into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I applaud you for that because 12 well, years. I, yeah. I, I'm just, you know, I, it was many years ago that, um, 
that I just just I let it go. So, but Michelle, we're over time. We're over. Um, yeah, and that's okay. It's my show. It's the internet. It doesn't matter. But but you know, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your your and being vulnerable and sharing your experience and your. Your your energy is amazing. I love your energy. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. So thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on and sharing your heart and your your. I, I, I see, see, people from New York are awesome. Tell them, Ken. Tell I them they are. They don't listen to me because I'm from New York. They got to hear from a diff somebody who's outside of New York. They <laughs> from Ohio. You heard that, everybody? He's from Ohio. <laughs> That's totally different. <clears throat> I'm in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, exactly. too. So, so look, I I appreciate you. I love your heart. Love your energy. You're amazing. Everybody, go over to M Back's books. I have it scrolling across the bottom. M Back. Oh yes, thank you. Yes, yeah. you can find my books there. Thank you, thank you. All of the books are there. I'm sure they're on Amazon as well. They uh, are. You know. Thank you. So, hey, you are amazing. You have new friends on here. I think you've got some friend requests waiting for you on Facebook. Yay. So, yeah. So, and I forgot to ask you to <clears throat> share this out. So, make sure you go share this on your timeline as well when we get off here. So, I will. I forgot yeah. to ask you to do that. Anyway, okay. so, so okay. Michelle, thank you so much thank for being you. on here. Thank you. And don't hang up on me yet. Okay, Just I'm going to end the live stream. So thank you to everybody who's shared this out. Thank you to everyone who's watched and, and yes, the comments. So much, and, much. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate you. Likewise. All right. We'll see. We'll see you all very, very soon. Thanks so much and have a great day.